the song that you sang, your mom's song, that was the song that was in my heart today, and I was like, well, I don't think she's gonna be there. And you sang her song. She changed at the last minute. Woo! Anyway, so I might want you to come up and sing it at the, at the end, okay? I'm going to need you guys, whoever's staying, because that's, you know, Miss Laura wrote that song, and it has had, had such an anointing on it, and I was thinking about it, you know, where would I go, where would I be without you, Lord? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, my name's Tracy Hillis. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm very honored and grateful to be here tonight. I have a word that the Lord gave me a little bit of a download a few months ago, and I felt like it was for me, of course. You know, the Lord always gives it to you first, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to just simmer on this a little while, and I'm not going to put it on the back burner for a while, and then it's like it comes up again. He brings it up to me again. He's like, mm, I'm bringing the plate by you again. And anyway, I ran it by Pastor and Laura because... There's just a little bit in it that I'm just like, this is what the Lord told me. What do you think? I mean, what do you think? I need some discernment. They're like, go for it. And I think that anything that we preach from the word, that if it brings you closer to Jesus, it's a good word. Amen. So if you get your Bibles out. Woo! Woo! So you know how the disciples were always uh, taking Jesus to the, so to the side when he told a parable? And they're like, hey, dude. Tell us what this means because we don't get it. He's like, to you, I'm going to tell you the secrets, and I'm going to tell you the parable. And, he sh and they shared some of them with us, right? Well, there's one story in the Bible that we all look at, and we're like, what? And that's the story of the ten virgins, right? How many just like, we just like scratch our head a little bit, and it's like, mm. And so I have a little bit of a different bend that the Lord gave me on it, and I think that with these stories and parables that you can take so much from them, right? Every one of them has a little different... Um, I mean, like, when you read it, every time you get something different out of it, right? So anyway, turn to Matthew 25, and we'll start reading it. <clears throat> so I knew um, when Pastor started preaching, uh, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before, uh, just such a great word, and this is just really pairs well with what he taught Sunday as well, but he started talking about the ten virgins, and I'm like, he's going to preach my message. He's, he's going to... And I was back there a little bit nervous, but not really. And he got, you know, he got done. I was, I was, I kind of sighed. And then that Monday morning after that service, I woke up and the Holy Spirit was just like, whew. he just came on me about this message. He's like, I want you to share this message. So I'm like, okay. So let's remember that it's a parable and that it's, you know, a fiction. A parable is a ficti fictitious narrative of common life conveyed, conveying a moral. So the revelation that um, I have, I believe, lines up with Jesus, his nature, um, because, you know, Jesus is love, right? And he is all about us getting to know him more and more and more. Here we go. Okay. So I'm reading out of my trusty old 30-year-old uh, New King James Version. Typically, I like to read out of the Passion Translation, but this is where I have all my, this is where my teeth were, you know, uh, what's it called? Cut your teeth, yeah. So uh, Matthew 25, verse 1, I'm just going to read the parable. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. 
And the foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Whew, that's kind of a weighty, uh, weighty little story, isn't it? So I believe that it's going to bring us today, what I'm going to teach is going to bring us closer to Jesus. And um, we have to remember who Jesus is talking to during this time. This was before the Gentiles even really came into anything. He's talking to Pharisees and the Jewish, he's talking to the Jewish people and he's talking to his disciples, right? He's teaching all of them during this time. And so in the story, they were all virgins, and which means that they were innocent and young and um, unmarried. They all had lamps, right? And uh, Proverbs 20, 27 says that the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So everybody has a spirit, right? We just, it's whether it's re rejuvenated or not, we all have a spirit. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Then the five were wise and they had vessels. It says they had vessels of oil. And I believe that that oil represents the Holy Spirit. And then the five were foolish and they had no oil. And I believe that that represented them being presumptuous and thinking that they didn't need extra oil. Like they didn't know that it was going to be timely. I think that they were just being presumptuous saying, why do I need extra oil? Why do I need oil? They didn't think they needed oil. And that they would probably, if they needed it, they would just get it from the others. Right? I believe what the Lord told me, and I'm just going to read it because this is what he told me and I wrote it down. I don't believe that it, was, it wasn't that they wouldn't give them oil, but that they couldn't. Because it's something that is bought with a price with your life. Your time that you spend with Jesus is the oil. So some people think that the Holy Spirit is not a big deal. But I can tell you that to Jesus, the Holy Spirit was everything. He was led and guided by Holy Spirit. And he said that it's the Spirit that is the truth, right? So I have all these scriptures about that. But I believe that the oil of his presence comes by spending time with him, right? So those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. And the five foolish came back and knocked on the door to come in. And he didn't say, hey, you don't have the right oil, did he? He said, I do not know you. I don't know you. So here they were, they're like being wedding crashers, right? They were coming in to crash the party because the bridegroom's like, I don't know you. You're being presumptuous thinking I'm going to let you in here because I don't know you. I mean, if you go to a wedding, you need to know the bride and the groom, right? Typically, I guess you can be the and one. But in this story, it's like there's no and ones, right? The reason I believe this is because the nature of Jesus is relationship. He, wanted to, he wants to know you. He knows you, but he wants you to know him. He's like, I, I don't know you. Like, you haven't spent any time with me. I don't know you. 
And the thing is, is that all, and the reason why I don't think that the fool, the wise women could give the, or the wise virgins could give the oil was because, you know, the nature of Jesus is to give. He told, give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. All through the Bible, you hear Jesus, you hear in the word, it's like giving. Just give of the overflow. Just give. And you're, it's going to be given back to you, right? So that's his nature. But I really believe that's the reason why is because they couldn't. Their vessel, it says they had oil in their vessel, and I believe their vessel was who they were and that they had that relationship when they, when, when they opened the door. Clearly they did because they opened the door and they got to go in and the door was shut. I think the five foolish virgins represent the religious crowd, the Pharisees who think that they've got it. They don't realize the importance of the Holy Spirit. If you turn to John 6, 63 which most of you know it. And you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. I know you guys all have relationship with the Holy Spirit, but we can always, we can always press in and have more, right? We need to be able to, as we're going into this next season, we need to have such an intimate relationship with them. We hear, we hear him without having to really press in. Like we're going to wake up and we're going to hear him, right? Because we're so in tune with him. So John 6, 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. This is in red. Jesus is saying this. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And then in John, if you go back, just go back just a little bit here. Maybe I'm going backwards here. John 5, 39. This is the part about the Pharisees that I thought was interesting. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. They knew the word. They had their little phylacteries. They knew the word forwards and backwards. Yet they couldn't recognize Jesus right in front of them. He said, and, and these, the scriptures, are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So they didn't have life. They had scripture, but they didn't recognize the life in the scripture, which only comes by the Holy Spirit. I can tell you that when I got born again, I was 12 years old, and I had a Bible, and I tried reading the Bible, and I was, you know, trying to be a good steward, and I did Bible, uh, Baptist Bible drills and all the whole thing, you know, trying to learn the Word, but it had no life for me, but when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it changed everything. The Holy Spirit started illuminating the Word to me, and even the Word that I had read back when I was younger, and it was like it came to life to me. The Spirit is the life of the Word. And without the Spirit, you can't experience Him because this is Him. And He's in tune with the Holy Spirit, right? So John 4, 7, I'm just going backwards here. John 4, 7 is the story of the woman at the well. Okay, here we have a Samaritan woman who is, she's out of covenant. She's not covenant woman. Like, she's not part of it. He's not there for her. But she comes and she's heard about it. She's heard about the gift. Um, let's see, where do I want to start? Verse 7. I don't want to read this whole thing. Okay, so a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the woman of Samaria said, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Like, why are you even talking to me? You shouldn't be talking to me. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And she's like, you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? 
Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from the, it himself as well as his sons? Jesus answered and said, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So then they go through this whole deal about her husband and she's not married. No, 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 no. Verse 21. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. You... We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's so important, and I think that we are the carriers of that oil, and that's what needs to be the message, is like taking it and saying, you're squeaky, like you need oil. And I know how to help you with that. And so that's what I think. Um, the promise, okay, there's just so many scriptures about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus was preparing them in John 14, 16. He was preparing his disciples. Like he had breathed on them to be able to go do, um, you know, miracles. But it was, same, it was like the same anointing that they had in the Old Testament, you know, the spirit would come on you and you could go and do that. But it wasn't what he wanted for them. He says, I want you. I'm going to I'm going to give you the gift of the spirit. You're going to have to wait for it. But when it comes, it's he's going to do you with power to go and do everything I've called you to do. Right. John 14, 16. I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I will come to you. And then John 15, 26, John talks all about the spirit all the way through here. He says, when the spirit comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. See, they're gonna, they know him. They know Jesus. So when you read these guys' words, it's because they're, they're in the spirit and they knew Jesus. And that's how we need to be. We need to know Jesus. We need to have a relationship with not just, and that's where the Holy Spirit convicted me is because a lot of times, um, when I was, after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I studied the word and I loved the word and I, um, the Lord gave me so many promises in his word for everything. You know, you just have a word fitly spoken in new season. And so I would just, I was, that's, I was the person that pastor was talking about Sunday where it's just like, you just, you're just spewing the word. You're just spewing the word. You're spewing the word. And I just discovered that sometimes that's kind of crippling because you're not really, helping the person find it themselves. And so the Lord just says, it's like, there's a better way. There's a better way. So another principle in is that you can't come in on someone else's oil. And that's where I was convicted because I, I felt like I maybe had done that. And then we found out that there's a better way with freedom prayer. And that's why I love freedom prayer so much because in freedom prayer, you get to be in a, 
holy, sacred, quiet place to where three people help you experience the presence of God. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church today. And I know some people are like, well, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about those people. I'm not sure about this. But I can tell you, being on a Freedom Prayer team myself, if you're worried about somebody remembering anything, you get there, that's not going to happen. You get Holy Ghost amnesia. I don't know what happens. It's like you can go in and be with a person and, and help them experience, like, they get to experience the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and he speaks to them. And that's what's so powerful. That's what's so rich. It's like, I can tell you something, but when you hear it from Jesus yourself, no one can take that away from you. You can be like, well, Tracy, Tracy said that, but I'm not quite sure, you know, she's, she's in that place with Jesus, but I'm not sure about this. But when you get in that place where you can hear from him without all the other noises, like you silence the voice of the world, and you silence the voice of your mind, and you silence the voice of your enemy, and you, everybody has to shut up so you can hear what God is saying to you, what your father is saying to you. And the thing that's so beautiful about it is he loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you where you are. It doesn't matter how long you've walked with him. It doesn't matter if you've been with him for 40 years. If you've walked with Jesus for 40 years, he wants more for you. And so that's what I think is so powerful about this word is that how it just, he wants to know you. And I know a lot of us just get tired. It's like, I can't, I can't get in. I can't press through. I can't do it. And um, the ladies' Bible study is doing a great Bible study. which has to do with freedom prayer. It's called um, First Freedoms. And I got the book, and I'm not very far into it. And it's amazing. And so I just want you to know God's not making it hard for you to be connected with him. He wants relationship with you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and get you through this life. He wants to walk with you down the path that leads to life. You're not alone. He's the one that's your shepherd. When he, he, he makes you lie down in green pastures, he's with you. It's not like he's like laying you down. This is the revelation, one of the revelations I got in one of my freedom press. It's not like he's putting you down and saying, okay, stay there, I'm going to go. No, there's a scripture in Song of Solomon. It says, he holds me with his right hand and he strokes me with his left. I mean, what kind of picture is that? What Jesus is holding you so you can rest on a green pasture. And then he leads you beside the still waters. And one of my freedom prayers, I was walking along the ocean with Jesus holding my hand. It was really still. The water was just barely doing this. I mean, these are the kind of experiences you can have. I'm picking up uh, sand dollars. I'm just going along with them, just talking with them about some stuff, picking up sand dollars. And I'm having to um, do some like letting go, letting go stuff. And so I got this handful of sand dollars and I'm letting all this stuff go. And it's just like, just all lifting off of me and I'm, I'm letting go and I'm forgiving and releasing. And, and all of a sudden he's like, what are you going to do with all, what are you going to do with all that you just let go of? What are you going to do with it? And I was like, I took all those sand dollars and I just went, and I threw them out into the ocean and they just all went out into the ocean and they, and he's like, that's what I'm doing too. It was so beautiful. I mean, I could tell you story after story after story, but my point in telling you is that in the story with the five virgins, we all want to be the wise ones that have the oil. And the only way it's going to come is through an experience and, and 
getting in his presence. So you can do it here, easy, corporately. We get in here and it's a corporate anointing. We can get, it's, it's easy, but sometimes you just need to get, get with three people, two to three people, get quiet. Like if you have a busy life like I do, sometimes you just need to, shh, Tracy, shh. It's like the Lord just says, shh. Puts his hands here, he's like, shh. I have something to say. And that's when he did this download. He's like, just shh. And my mind just starts going, and then he's like, shh, it's okay. I have something to say. He has something to say. He has something to say to you. And we're always afraid. It's like, oh my gosh, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? I can promise you this. It's going to be filled with love, mercy, grace, hope, promises. He's a good, good father. And he only does good. That's what he wants for us. Amen? So, I don't even know what time it is. I wanted to, okay, really quick. Um, it, re, go to Acts 9.17. I'm going to tell you two stories about the, why I feel like it's so important. And then I want to sing that song again, if you guys are cool with it. And we're just going to experience just a little get in the presence of God just for a second or two. Acts 9. Uh, this is um, Saul's conversion uh, on the road, the Damascus road. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this guy, uh, Ananias, he was a disciple, uh, and the Lord comes to him, and he says, I want you to go to a street called Straight, this is verse 11, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. So, okay, Saul was a Pharisee. Saul was a Pharisee. He was a, a foolish virgin, basically. So he has an experience with Jesus, right? And so he says, I want you to go to him, and I want you, uh, in verse 12, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Okay, so here's this whole religious group of people who have given permission to go out there and kill Jesus' disciples, the religious. That's who you worry about. Verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias, being the faithful disciple, went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul. So he already claimed him as a brother. Because of what Jesus said. See, Ananias had an encounter with Jesus. He was listening. He was, he was a wise virgin, basically, like in the Bible's sense. Okay. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that changed his life. Being filled with the Holy Spirit right then changed his life. His story is completely transformed from that point on. Then go with me to Acts 10. This is where it gets exciting for us. Praise the Lord. He didn't leave us out. Amen. Acts 10, verse 44. This is going to be my last scripture. Okay. 
Okay, let's see here. This is a story about... La, 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 la. Peter has... Um, okay, verse 20, in verse 24, Peter meets Cornelius. He's, he, okay, I'm sorry. Go to 10.1. A certain man named uh, Cornelius, he's a centurion, a devout man, and one who feared God with all of his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. And so then he has a vision. So now he's a disciple, and he's hearing from God. So he has a vision, and he says, uh, Cornelius, and he says, what is it, Lord? And he says, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. So then he tells him he needs to go, to, he needs to go visit Peter. Okay, so then you go, Peter, Peter's having a vision at the same time. So now Peter's having an encounter with Jesus. They're the spirit, right? So he's having an encounter about what's going to happen. And he's about, it's about this food. He's like, what are you showing me food for? I don't eat that kind of stuff. And he's like, what I've called clean, you can't call unclean. And so then it becomes this revelation about all of us, us Gentiles. So, okay. Let's see. La, 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 la. Okay, I don't, I don't want to go through this whole thing. Then Peter opened his mouth. Let's see. I just want to get over here where it, where it happens. So he gets with all these people, and Peter brings down the house with the word of God. He's anointed, and he's preaching the word to them. And he says, God has shown me that this is going to be for everybody, basically. And in verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking, Peter was still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. The Holy Spirit fell while they were hearing the word. And that's my prayer that's going to start happening in church. That as people are hearing the word, the Holy Spirit is going to fall. And people are just going to get it. Is that so cool? And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. Woo! For they heard them speak with tongues and magnifying God. Amen? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So this, this message is really meant to just bring us closer to the Father and to Jesus and a relationship with Holy Spirit because they're all one, right? I mean, you can start at the beginning and go all the way through, and it's all about that, about relationship. And so if you are struggling with your relationship or hearing from God or hearing from Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I really recommend Freedom Prayer. Um, you can go to the website and look it up and read about it. If you go to thewaterhole.net at the top right, there's a little tab for it, and you can click on it. It'll tell you a lot about it. And I think you can you sign up online now. You can sign up online to do it. It's amazing. It's very um, discreet, very intimate. Um, you know, it's, it's quiet unless you want to tell somebody about your experience. No one will ever know except the people that you're with and you. It's a... It's a very holy and sacred time, and I recommend every single person does freedom prayer. It's my, it's my encouragement with this message. That um, The thing that's great about this story is that there's still time. The bridegroom hasn't come, right? So there's still time to become the wise virgin if you're not the wise virgin yet. So there's still time. Because we don't know the time or the hour, so now is the time, right? Now is the time to be filled with the oil and be ready for, to, to hear the voice of our bridegroom. 
So I just wanted to sing this song a couple of times through, Darcy. And um, if you guys, I don't know, the praise team wants to come up, come on. And um, I just want you to, be, to just talk to Jesus and let him talk to you. I think sometimes that's our problem is that we forget to and just feel the Lord put his finger on your lip and say, shh, shh, I have something to say to you. And then have a pen and paper to write it down because I'm really, I have gotten bad about that. Like I think it's such an amazing revelation, I'm never gonna forget it, and then I get, like I'm in the car, and I'll, finally now I just get my phone out and I just talk it into my notes. But sometimes I'll get such an awesome revelation, it's like, oh Jesus, that's so good, thank you so much, oh that's beautiful, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it down when I get home, and I get home, and it's like, and what was that that you said again? Anyway, so I think what I want to do is I'm, I'm going to pray over us, and I'm, we're going to sing this song, and I just want you to just bask in the presence of God, and if you have an offering or a tithe or anything like that, you can just put them in the buckets over there, and they'll take care of that, but um, I'm going to be done, and I just want Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father to come take over now, okay? So you do what you want, and then you can leave when you want, and we're just going to spend a couple of minutes in the presence of God, okay? Father, thank you so much. For the opportunity to come in here and experience your power and your presence. We want to be the wise virgins, Lord, with our vessels full of oil as we wait for you, as we wait for the cry of the bridegroom. I thank you, Father, for these faithful ones that are here and for those that are watching. And we just, we open our hearts right now and say, come, Lord Jesus, come fill us with your spirit. You said you were going to give us the helper and we thank you for it. We thank you it's a gift that's gonna be poured out upon us and we just receive it and we just thank you that you keep on overflowing, fill our cup. You anoint our head with oil and our cup overflows. In Jesus' name, amen.